0: Hello again Home Church. It's wonderful to be back, and we continue to give God praise as we enjoy the fellowship in our home at home. Today, we're gonna to continue with our topic on racial diversity is our heart, and this is part two. And I read it what the value is. It says, we believe that racial reconciliation isn't peripheral to the gospel of Jesus, but central to it. We desire to be a church that echoes heaven, all people together as one. So we believe that racial reconciliation isn't peripheral to the gospel of Jesus, but is central to it. We desire to be a church that echoes heaven, all people together as one. We already established uh, at the beginning of this value that racism is actually a sin. Most time people are thinking that, you know, it's this awful behavior and so on, but it's actually a sin. And and what we know is that racism is connected to hatred. And that level of hatred often has led to murder and and killing. Um, Because at its core, it is always about disadvantaging another race. And so what we're clearly picking up is that the perpetrator... Um, is, is guilty as much as the recipient who fails to understand that to hold the perpetrator up in your heart is also a sin. And so we're going to be taking a journey uh, together and continuing to understand what it means to address this heinous sin, and but to address it in the way that God had always intended which was for us to do things in love, to do it together and to do it based on our relationship as family. And so we're going to continue today um, having established uh, the, the first part of this and we're going to look at what Paul then goes on to share with us in Ephesians around how we can mature, what it is that we should be doing in order now to walk In a way that does not reflect racism, but allows us to understand oneness, understand how we can come together. And so in doing so, we are going to be doing a word study, um, a passage study in Ephesians 4. And I particularly want to do it from the message version. The message version has really uh, been a, a, a rewriting of the traditional, but I love the way it deals with what's happening um, here in this particular passage and in the style of the message version. And so we're going to go verse by verse and we're going to really just pick up what God is saying through Paul. Now Paul in the previous chapters of Ephesians had already established that They had received an inheritance. Remember, we talked about that with the family. We received an inheritance through Jesus Christ that would allow us to now become one together through being joint beneficiaries, Jews and Gentiles. And that through the work of Christ, we have this rich, valuable inheritance that comes straight from the Father, which is all about his love and about his oneness and how he, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit has already got in motion what we need to partake in, which is the fellowship, the communion of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want you to really understand that that God is not inviting us to something that he's created. He's inviting us to something that he, the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, are indulging in. They are a community. They are as one. And in so doing, they share their love for one another, their respect for one another. And therefore, this consistent working together, this consistent fellowship is what we join in on as we serve and fellowship with God through Jesus Christ. And in so doing, he's telling us that Christ has torn down the barriers, he's torn down the walls, he's, he's uh, removed all of the the stipulations that said only the Jews had access to God and so on. And he's torn down that middle wall. And we no longer have to be uh, bound or uh, denied because of the commandments, that we can't fulfill them. And so Jesus fulfills all of the commandments. And he's told us that because he's fulfilled them, that in him we now can walk victorious because through him we are able to live righteous and holy. And he talks about this amazing inheritance, this wealth, this riches, this richness of unity and oneness, not only with God, but how we can do that together. And he then reaches to this point in Ephesians and says, having understood the work that Christ has done, having grasped the value of the wealth he's provided, let us now walk accordingly. And he tells us that we ought to walk accordingly worthy in other words worthy of what Christ has done and we pick up Ephesians 4 verse 1 and it says this that we are to be mature and he says in light of all this all that Christ has done torn down the middle wall gave his life restored us back to the father brought Jews and Gentiles together in light of all of this here's what I want you to do while I'm locked up here, this is what Paul is saying, a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk better, yet run on the road God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down the same path that goes nowhere. In other words, don't continue doing what you have always done. When you think of the work that Christ has accomplished, don't sit around, uh, you know, fumbling and and, and idling and and, and carrying on with the same old ways. Walk better. In other words, he's saying run And he says here, continuing, um, and mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourselves out for each other in acts of love. I love that. Steadily pouring yourself out for each other. In acts of love, Christ poured himself out for us. We are to pour ourselves out for each other in acts of love. What can I do today that will empower the, the feeling and that you are experiencing that I love you? Acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. Noticing the differences, quickly mending the fence. In other words, anything that gets in between us, anything that's breaking down, we quickly mend it. He's telling us here that we are to walk equivalent to the weight of knowledge that we have been given. Christ has told us that he and the Father are one. He's told us that he's torn down all the separate things that would tear us apart. He's removed it all. And with that knowledge, we now have to walk better, do better, because he has already given us no excuse. Because he's provided a means that we can be one. So we pour out to each other acts of love verse 4 to 6 you were all called to travel the same road in the same direction to stay together both outwardly and inwardly both outwardly and inwardly you have one master one faith one baptism One God and Father of all, who rules over all, walks through all and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. Hallelujah. This is what God wants for us as his people because of what Christ has done. Everything about what we carry has to be permeated with oneness. One God, one Father, one baptism, one Lord. Hallelujah. And I love that permeated. Something permeated is infused. It's, everything is touched by oneness. How amazing is that? 7 to 13, but that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. That's what God is saying. Oneness doesn't mean we're a carbon copy of each other. It means, no, with all your diversity, you learn how to integrate as one. Have you seen the relay teams? Some are tall, some are shorter, some are bulkier. But yet they get that baton round because they work and come together as one. God is saying that this is our journey, that we are his body. And we're told here that, that in doing so, that we, uh, we continue to work in, in, in this way of oneness. But he says it doesn't mean that we should all be the same. Out of this generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. Don't worry, you don't have to fight me for mine, I don't have to fight you for yours. God has given you your own gifts. That's why we're saying here at home church, what do you want to do? What is God leading you to do? Everyone needs to be active. Everyone needs to get involved. You have been given your own gift. The text for this is, he climbed the high mountain. This is the paraphrasing here of the the passage. He captured the enemy and seized the plunder. In other words, Jesus Christ went to the cross. He climbed a high mountain. This is what it's saying. And he captured the enemy and he seized the plunder. Everything that the devil stole from us, when he took it from Adam and Eve, Jesus went and took it back and he handed it all out in gifts to the people. In other words, God went back and took everything the enemy told us that belonged to him. Singing doesn't belong to him. Creative artwork doesn't belong to him. Maths, every gift, the Bible says, comes from God. And whether the world gives him the credit for it, every gift comes from God. One of the mandates God has given to Dorothy and myself is to bring the gifts back into his house. They belong to God. So the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ went into hell. That's what it's talking about here. And it describes it in military terms that he climbed the high mountain. And he came back and he handed the gifts to the people. It is not true that the one who climbed up also climbed down, down to the valley of the earth. And the one who climbed down is the one who climbed back up and up to the highest heaven. He handed out gifts above and below, filled heaven with his gifts, filled the earth with his gifts. Hallelujah. He handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher. So what it's saying here that God, he he climbed to the highest uh, 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 tabernacle, the highest challenges, the highest mountains. He went down to the lowest valleys and he fought and won the battles and he brought back the plunder. And he says, here, here's a gift. I planted something. Many of you haven't discovered the gifts that God has already placed in you. If you allow him to begin to unveil, as you now unveil and open up yourself to him, you'll see how he begins to minister through you. And he handed the gifts to men. And I love this here. Now, this is really important. And he says, and he filled the earth with gifts and he handed out gifts of apostle. Okay, an apostle again requires the sent one, but often the apostle will be somebody again who will be able to, to, to build and develop Uh, churches, and other uh, uh, parts of the kingdom that we are able to oversee. They're sent. They're appointed prophets who again will begin to declare what is it that God is saying, be it a current moment or something to come. The prophets, he said, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now, these to train the Christ followers in skilled servant work working within Christ's body the church until we all are moving rhythmically and easily with each other look at here look what it says here so we've got these gifts that are here for the maturing of the body that's what the bible says to mature we cannot grow and manifest if these gifts aren't operating so we've got to look around where is our prophets where are our apostles where are evangelists we're our teachers and pastors. God has put so many things in us. Some of us have an official role, but God, these gifts are not exclusive. Every member of the body of Christ has to have a shepherd's heart. That's why we're talking about making disciples. You two are called to look after, pass over another group of individuals. Let, take on board to your, your Sacrifice so that the church can mature working within the body of Christ the Bible says for the church and we've already established last week uh, about the ecclesia what that means so we are called here to govern but we've got to mature and we've got to mature as one and here it says continually that, that uh, until we are all moving rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient. I love that because that's like a dance. Have you ever seen somebody doing the, 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 the rumba or, or, or whatever it is kind of dance they're doing with a partner and you work together and it's flowing? This is what God is saying when we've come together as one and we are flowing because of the work of Christ. It's like a dance. Efficient and graceful in response to God's Son. Fully mature adults. Fully developed within and without. Fully alive in Christ. This is because of what Christ has done. Verse 14 and 16. No prolonged infancies among us. Please. I love that phrase. In other words, stop behaving like a child. It's time to grow up. Some of us have stayed being kids too long. It's time to grow up. It's time you're able to mature so that you can lay hands on the sick and they recover, so that you can speak into that moment. It's growing up time. This is what happens when we come together as one. When we're not together as one, we are so uh, 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 disparate that we're, we're not able to mature or grow. We're so divided that all the challenges we're facing are simply just trying to come together. But God says he's fulfilled the work through Jesus. We now have to manifest it. Hallelujah. And in so doing, we become robust in love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We get rid of the old ways. We want to walk in the old way. We want to walk in the new. And we look at verse 17 and he says, And so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd. We're not trying to follow the majority. We're trying to follow the one, the one Jesus Christ, who's established a road. he says, Behold, I lay before you a road. He made a way in the wilderness that we can follow his path, that we can walk where he has trod. We're not trying to be like everybody else. So it means sometimes you're going to feel like as a body we are standing alone, but know that we are together when we are one in him. So no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, the mindless crowd. They refuse for so long to deal with God that they've lost touch not only with God, but with the reality itself, with reality itself. And we're seeing that today. Where the principalities and powers are confusing men and women to the point where some are declaring that, you know, they, they have no gender. Some very strange and difficult, challenging things that are psychologically now being twisted. But we have to stand and declare that God has already ordered this world for us. That we are his people. Call to be a light, not to be running along with the crowd, but to standing and declaring, no, this is what God has created. This is what God has declared. These are the gifts he's given to us and this is the path he's laid before us and we are walking in it. They can't think straight anymore. Have you noticed? This is what the enemy is now bombarding us with trying to confuse us so that we don't know who we are. But we are God's children, bought with a price. They can't think straight anymore, feeling no pain. They let themselves go in all sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. Anything goes. But God is saying, no, walk, walk worthy of what he has done through Jesus Christ. Verse 20 to 24 is telling us, but that. He says, no life. He says, but that's no life for you. Tell the person next to you, that's no life for you. You are bought with a price. You are called to be one with Christ, one with each other. You learned Christ, it says. My assumption is that you have paid careful attention to him, been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have in Jesus. Since then, We do not have the excuse of ignorance. Everything, and I, uh, uh, ignorance, he says, everything, and I do mean everything. I love that remonstrance. Everything, and I do mean everything, he says here, connected with that old way of life has to go. Some of you are having too much fellowship with the old life. Walk worthy of what Christ has done. Let that go, and be renewed. This is what we have to do. Walk in newness of life, get rid of all of it, and then take on the entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Hallelujah. Let God reproduce himself in you as you submit to him and as we work together as one. Verse 25, what this adds up to then is this. No more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we are all connected to each other after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. We are one together. And the Bible lets us know that if we are one, the the, the Bible will establish what Christ has always intended, that we manifest him. Verse 26, 27, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge and don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Let the anger go. It's a foothold for the enemy. Let the anger go. Give it to God. It's a foothold for the enemy. Verse 28. Did you use to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an an honest job so that you can help others who can't work. Verse 29. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps each word a gift. Verse 30, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life. Remember we talked about your temple? This is where he dwells. Making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Verse 31 and 32, make a clean break with all cutting back biting profane talk be gentle with one another sensitive forgive one another as quickly and as thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you this is how we become one different diverse but one from different homes but one because we have one god one lord one father one spirit one baptism and together, if we can be one, the power of one will accomplish everything that Jesus has said so that all power will manifest. Imagine that dance. That harmony. If you ever imagine, when we, and you hear when we're singing together, and everybody's as one, what that feels like. We want that the continued journey together. That everything that's different about you is what's also special. And everything that's different about me is what's special. But we come together and we love each other. And we see that we are fitted together as the body of Christ. I want to be concluding this by reminding us that he goes on Ephesians 5, to saying husband loves your wives like Christ loved the church. Wives submit yourself to your husbands. In other words, husband, you're loving the word. We've established it and we've said it again and I'll say it again and again, that you're loving the word. So that you use the word to love your wives and your wives submit to the word as you now represent Christ in that home. And in so doing, you get this strong oneness, this unity together. And then children, honour your father and your mother. That's what he says. There's this level of respect that when we flow in this oneness, we will destroy the power of racism. Why? because these are the tools that is required for the body of Christ to manifest. That when a husband loves his wife, all of those tools will become what God blesses us with. We're gonna unpack this a bit more as God continues to bless us. But if you are here today And you've heard the work of what Christ has done. Let him come into your heart today. You simply have to accept his work. He's died. He's given and restored us an opportunity to be back one with our Father. Pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Make me one with yourself. Transform my life. I make you my Lord and Saviour today. If you've prayed that prayer, you have given your life to Jesus. It's by faith. You may feel something, you may not, but it's by faith. And in doing so, you become one with him and you become one with his body of people. Church, we're on a journey to be one. We want to stamp out the sin of racism. We want to stamp out anything that separates us. We want to embrace every gift and declare that we are the body of Christ. That we are one together and we pull together declaring his goodness. May God bless you today. May God encourage you with these words. And in our next session. We're going to now be talking and declaring how we can unpack all of this and become one. May God bless you today. Till next time.